want to pick up this series again here. This is going to be week four of a five-week series, and we've been looking at Psalm 91, verse 4. And we broke it down into two phrases, right? We said, if you're going to rest in God's shadow, which is God's plan for you, by the way, God wants you to rest, not just physically, but spiritually, emotionally, every way. He wants you just to be at peace, to know that he's God, that he's in control, rest in his shadow. If we're going to do that, we have to learn how to do what? We've got to learn how to dwell. And he says right from the beginning, whoever does that, whoever dwells, then this is my promise. This is what's coming after you. This is what's pursuing you. You will find rest in my shadow. That's all God. All he's asked us to do is to learn to dwell and then to practice that. So we've been using the word dwell as an acronym to kind of guide us through some different thoughts of what it means to dwell. Obviously, we didn't cover everything, but these were just five thoughts that I kind of pulled out as I was praying through and just from my own personal life, Psalm 91. So we start with letter D. The letter D was about daily residing. Which means I am a resident somewhere permanently. And I'm a resident somewhere where it's personal to me. And so I take care of things that are personal to me. And it's not supposed to be temporary. It's supposed to be my home. It's where I start my day, end my day. It's where I do life. It's the presence that I want to be in. It's where I'm most known and most comfortable. And that is daily residing in God's presence. So we started there. Then we moved to the letter W. W is for the word wait. Right? Wait. Wait for the Lord to satisfy us. And we talked about things in this world that we can chase to try to fill that kind of emptiness in us, but all it leaves us with is a temporary satisfaction. It always fails. So we have to chase the next thing. Well, God says if you fill, if you're filled with me, then you're not going to need to pursue anything else for your satisfaction. So we wait on the Lord. How long do we wait? We wait till we know that we know is what we said. So we're going to wait to wonder. Where we're in awe of who God is, and our mind is just captivated with his splendor, with his majesty, with his holiness, with his great love towards us. Wait to wonder. We said we're going to wait till we worship. So I wait on the Lord and his word, and I pray until all that just comes out of me is just I want to express to him worship. It just bursts out of me is what the psalmist wrote. I can't contain it. Remember we talked about how if you're drinking a glass of water and somebody says something that's funny, you've got one option. But if you just to spit it out all over the place, that's what it's supposed to look like when I'm filled with joy and wonder of who God is. It just busts out of my face because my heart's so full. So wait till you wonder, wait till you worship, till you witness. Because he's going to do it. He's going to fill you up. He's going to fill you to wonder. He's going to fill you to worship. And then he's going to fill you to witness. So we're going to wait on the Lord to do this within us rather than trying to be our own best solution. Last week we looked at the letter E. And the letter E was simple. Expect his rest because it's on the way. He is coming. Remember we talked about guests who come, who tell us they're coming tonight. We're expecting them. And so here, this is God's promise. You will rest in my shadow. It's coming. So expect it. We had a few E words, right? We need to uh, understand that we're exposed to unrest every day. But our experience is to be influenced by unrest, but by God's rest. That's what we 
exposure, experience, for the purpose of expecting his rest to be on the way. At the end of it, we just said, you know what? God's got me. God's got me. And I was reading this week, and it may have been Psalm 112. Psalm 112, verse 6, and this this kind of just goes along with that. This is kind of so community. Psalm 112, verses 6 and 7 and 8. Verse 6 says, Surely the righteous will never be shaken. This short psalm is all about the righteous. So if you're righteous, that's what the beginning says, then this is what happens to all the righteous people. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. How would you like that? Never be shaken. There's not any news that could come your way that can rock your world. Never be shaken. You say, I don't believe that. Then you don't know the God that you're expecting to receive rest from. Because this is what it looks like to me from the righteous. They'll never be shaken. They'll be remembered forever. Verse 7 says, they have no fear of bad news. And that's the one in my study Bible at home. I underlined that. That just stood out. seems like you got bad news coming every day. If it's a family member or a friend or it's something going on in our country, it's different policy changes, it's school stuff. Having sports, not having sports, having school, not having school, relationship issues, people losing all of their stuff because they've lost their job. What God's Word says is the righteous have no fear of bad news. Why? Because their hearts are steadfast. They trust in the Lord. Verse 8 says their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. That's what it looks like. They have that heart of expectation. I'm expecting God's rest. Nothing to fear. Never be shaken. There's no bad news that can rule me. That's the way that God wants us to live, expecting his rest. Easier said than done, right? We've all got the phone call. We've all had the conversation where they started telling us something, and we didn't hear anything beyond the first sentence. Your loved one has this disease, or you're going to lose your job, or I know I said I would be faithful, but I've done this, and we don't hear anything else. God knows that about us, right? He knows that we're bad, but what he says, even in those moments, expect my rest. Maybe that's not for you at all, but that just really, not shaken by bad news, is just kind of stunned me stayed with me. It says, I am sometimes shaken by bad news. So that was E, expecting God's rest. Today we're going to get into letter L, the first L, all right? And so this is going to be love. We're going to talk about loving God without limits. Loving God without limits. Okay, so three L words here today. Learn, love, limit. Uh, And those are the three that we'll work through here together. Psalm 91, verse 1 begins, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. He's my God and whom I trust. Surely He'll save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings 
you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Listen, a thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You'll tread on the lion and the cobra. You'll trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Verse 14 is the one that we're going to key on here today. The first three words, the four words there. Because he loves me. Because he loves me. Right? This is God speaking to like a king. Because the king loves me, the next week is going to be uh, the last couple, which is all this response really of Psalm 91 to him, whoever chooses to make the Lord their dwelling. Right? If we will, he will. That's the whole premise of next Sunday. But we'll leave that for now. So today, let's look at what does it mean to love God. We've sung it today. right? Oh, how I love Jesus. My Jesus, I love thee. But we sing these songs as an expression of love. And sometimes we're told we need to love God. Would you agree with that? Is that true? Is that absolutely true? Yeah, we say we need to love God, but for me, sometimes I need I need a modifier. I need something to help me know how to do that, right? Because it's easy to say, I love God. Okay, but how are you loving God? Jesus knew that about us as well. He knew we would need some help. And so what does he say? A couple of different times the gospel, gospels recorded. Love God with all your heart. Love God with all your soul. Love God with all your mind. Love God with all your strength. And so he's helping us understand how we are to love God, which is necessary for me. Um, so the more, here's the thing, this is why, the more that I get to know God, the more opportunity I have for my love to grow in God. So notice the word opportunity. The more I get to know him, the more opportunity I have. It doesn't mean that I will it means that I now have the opportunity to listen to him, to understand him, to follow him, to submit to him, to yield to him, to surrender, whatever the case may be. I'm in that moment. So there's a song. You guys remember a group called the Teddy Bears? Nobody? I bet you know the song. 1958, this song dropped. And there's a part of it that says this. To know, know, know him is to... Love, love, and see, now you know it, love him, and and I do, all right? So I think that song is perfect for what we're talking about, at least that part of it. I don't know the rest of the song, so don't quote me, I need to live my life according to the teddy bear lyrics. That may not be true, but those lyrics are true. 
for me to know God, and for me to love God with my, all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, I've got to get to know him. See, the truth of the matter is this. I will never love a God that I do not know. I will never love the God that I do not know. It's impossible. Sometimes we love the thought of something. I love the thought of God. And so I want God to behave this way, to think this way, to act this way for me. Let's think about it in a relationship. Somebody's wanting to be married, but they're not, maybe they're not dating. They're looking for someone to date. There's the hope of a person. There's the desire of that relationship. There's the thought, the idea of it. Not the person yet to love. Right? The only way that I can grow in my love for God is I have to know, know, know Him. That's the only way it works. So I'll never love a God that if, that I do not know. And so it's just imperative then that I get to know His heart. What does He love? That I need to get to know His character. What is He like? Right? That I need to get to know what He has done. So tell me, what's he done in your life? Those are conversations we need to have. We need to be able to look at Scripture and understand this is what God did in the past. That's what many of the Scriptures are about. Make sure you tell people, the younger generations coming on, the things that God has done. Because they need to know those things. It will help them in their life. And it's the same story for us here today. We need to know what he has said, what he has done, who he is, what he is like, if we're ever going to love him the way that we should. So the only way that happens is for me to dwell with God. We've talked about dwelling on. He's my daily resident. We've talked about dwelling on. He's the one that I wait on. Today is dwelling with. Where I'm going in and out of life every moment with God, and I'm asking him to go in and out of every moment with me. See, I've been designed, I've been built by God to love him. To love him. And I've also been built to be an expression of that love. There's an old song, and I can't remember how it goes at all, except one little part. I think it says channels only. You guys heard that song? Make, make me a channel, channels only, something like that. The idea was whatever comes to me from God, I get to enjoy, to live under, but I'm not supposed to just keep it here. It's supposed to then flow through me. So I get to know the love of God so I can show the love of God. It's just that simple. So we pray for God to fill our cup so God can spill our cup. That's the idea. right? So what you put into me is supposed to come out of me to help other people. I'm never just supposed to hoard it or keep it to myself. And so I want to illustrate that here. I'm going to say it this way. Love is like a two-way gate. Love is like a two-way gate, Okay. So we've put up some fencing at our house here the last couple weeks. And we put up two different types of gates. One gate is a one-way gate, and then the other gates are a two-way gate. Now, I think you understand the premise. A one-way gate only swings what? One way. And that gate, it swings free, it swings wide, swings just like it's supposed to. And it goes open one way, and then it comes back, and it hits a stop, and it will not budge. It's not going any further. That's a one-way gate. The other gates are like a two-way gate. And they just simply got this little hinge that sticks up like this, down like that, I guess. And that gate, you can swing it wide and free this way, and you can swing it wide and free that way. 
It's unhindered. It's unrestricted. It goes both ways freely. That's the way it's been designed. That's the kind of date that we're supposed to be walking. So let's make sense of that. I've been built, designed by God to love God, but then to also love like God. And this is probably the thought of my week that is the most troubling for me, that I haven't been able to yet see all of this. Like it's it's where God needs to work on me. Because more often than not, I kind of function like the one-way gate. A one-way gate, so here's the deal. If you and I are a gate, the hinges are love. So our gate is supposed to swing on what? If the hinges are love, the gate swings on love. That's what the hinges are. If there's no hinges, the gate doesn't open. So I'm a gate, you're a gate in this context, and we're swinging on love. A one-way gate only swings one way, but it swings wide open that way. So what I'm saying is this. There are times in my life where I pursue God, and I want to know God, and I want to love God, and I want to honor God, and I'm after God, and my life swings wide that way. My heart swings freely that way. But the flip side of loving God with everything you've got, or the second part of it, is to love others as you love yourself. The one-way gate has struggle swinging wide and free that way. As a matter of fact, you try to swing the gate at my house, the one-way gate, to make it a two-way gate, you know what's going to happen? You're going to destroy it. Yes, you're going to break the gate. You can hitch up a chain to the back of a truck and probably rip it out. God could do the same thing with my heart. But that's not the way that he works. But I've been asking him to work this way. So here's how it works. I pursue a one-way gate, pursues God, loves God with all your heart, but I struggle to love other people because they're stupid. There are stupid people, and that's sometimes, you don't say that, but I do sometimes. I'm sitting at a stoplight. My light turns green, and six cars go by, and I go, stupid number one, stupid number two, stupid number three. That's me. I mean, my love gate, it hits that stop, and it's not going anywhere. I got nothing for you if you're acting stupid. And that's wrong. But that's me. And I need work. Because I struggle to love people sometimes. People hurt us. That's part of our prayer request here this morning. We were sharing that. People have hurt me, and they're hurting me every day to the point where I got nothing for you. I know what I should do. I just can't do it. My love swings wide to love God with all my heart, but if it requires me to love somebody else, I'm just butting up against that stop all day. I can't love you. And yet God reminds us of this, son, daughter, you're a two-way gate. Just as freely and as wide as you swing this direction, you're supposed to swing just as freely and wide that direction. I say, but they think different than me. They vote different than me. They look different than me. They post different than me. They talk different than me. They approve of things that I don't approve of. Okay, when does God ever say, Make sure that two-way gate now becomes a one-way gate. Can you love somebody without approving of what they say or do? Absolutely. Our world, our country needs to know that. And God's like, I know they need to know that. That's why I'm filling you with my love. I'm filling you to spill you. 
So you'll go out and spill this kind of attitude and action on other people rather than just sit back and go, oh, that's fine. You know, they're deserving of the predicament that they find themselves in. They made bad choices, be it. Well, maybe there is some self-love in other people. But it never allows us to stand alone and not be authentic. Lots of people are just the exact opposite of that. They love others. They want what's best for others. They care about others. They're doing things for others. But when it comes to loving God, they're hitting that stop. And they swing wide to care about their family. And they swing wide to care about their neighbors. And they swing wide to care about the people they work with. But you want me to love God? Well, let me put that stop right there. I mean, after all, my family is struggling. And if you say that God's a God of love and He's all-powerful and He has the power to heal, then what kind of loving God looks at my family who's struggling? And you want me to swing wide and love Him? And the reality is there's some times where it's hard to love God. There's sometimes where Christians are just this way. We swing wide to love people socially. But we struggle to love the God who has created us because of their situation. Because of our situation. And God says, listen, if you're like a gate, remember the hinges of love. It's supposed to swing open and close, not just one direction. And I was reminded, God inspired John to write 1 John 4, verse 20. He tells us this. How can you say that you love a God that you can't see and you don't love your brother that's named Jesus? He's saying you're a one-way gate. You come into a room like this, we sing songs, we give, and we're nice, but you can't love the people in your world who are treating you wrong. You're a one-way gate. You're supposed to swing wide. Why? Because I care about your choice. How many people at a restaurant would ever fill up a pitcher with water and lemonade or tea or just set it on the counter just for people to stare at it with a bunch of empty glasses on the table? What would you do? We talked about this the other day. Just start tapping that cup on the table. Hey, I'm trying to give you a hint. Cup is number one. My cup's empty. That's poor advice, right? I struggle. (laughs) That pitcher has been filled. So you can empty it and fill my cup. See, God wants to use you and I sometimes to help fill the cups of other people with the same love that he's poured into us. Never happy to rely on someone one way. Whichever way it is. It doesn't either honor God or it doesn't honor business. So what's it look like then to be a two-way gateway? As I said, we've been designed to love God without limits. What does that mean? It means, again, that I'm to be filled with the love of God so that I can love people the way that God has loved me. And Paul prayed this for people. Ephesians chapter 3. So here's how I'm praying for you. Because I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, 
that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's what it looks like to be a two-way giver. It's to love God without limits. God's love is rooting us. God's love establishes us. God's love is powerful. God's love is high. It's wide. It's long. It's deep. And he says, I'm going to complete you in my love. I'm going to fully fill you. I'm going to fill you to the full measure of my love. be an expression of my love to other people. You know, I've never thought of this before until this first message. Would any of you describe the way that I love you as high and wide and deep and long? Because I would struggle to say that I do that. was, that's where I'm going to be, and I'm in the process. But it never clicked with me before that the way that I love you should make you think of a love that comes from God that is so high that it's like out of this world. And it's so deep, it stays, it's buried, it hurts, it lingers, it's long, it's suffering, it's wide. away from other people. That's what Paul is praying that would be left with you. That you being rooted, established in God's love, and this love that surpasses knowledge, I pray that not only would you know it so that you could grow in it and experience it. Remember, to grow in it, I've got to know it. To love God with all my heart, I've got to know Him. But that you also would be the expression of that love. And what we know is God is love, and he's the perfect expression of his love. And I fall short of that standard every day. When I give it my best, I'm never going to be God to you. But that never lowers the bar. My standard all day, every day, is to love you as God has loved me. You know what that means? That means i got to swing wide this day. They've hurt me. They've said bad things about me. I know. Swing wide. Well, I guess the casino can open, but the church can't. Okay. Swing wide. There's a bazillion ways to do church. Right? When we went online and we had church, and I don't mean we met at 10 o'clock till 11 o'clock, I mean God met with us, and it was impactful in our lives. Lots of ways you can do it. I understand nights and privileges and knowing people can have their nose in and nose out. But it never lessens my call, the command of God on my life to swing wide in love. Never. They think different. They look different. They demean me. They think that I am some terrible person because I fit some kind of profile. Okay, and? I need you saying those things to me, Corey, and you, you need to let go. I don't want to. I know you don't. But you need to. Because you are an expression of God's love. So show them how high and wide he is. If you say he's awesome, show them. If you say he's good, show them. If you, sh- if you say he's patient, he shows up, 
See, when I'm living my life under God's love, do you know what I don't need? I don't need that from anybody else. Because he is my all in all. He satisfies me with long life. I will satisfy him. I'll show him my salvation. There's nothing else that I need. There's blessings that I get that I enjoy. But he's the filler of my cup. There can't be anything else that's filling it. That means I can love in almost reckless ways. The world would say I would never do that. To where our response should be, yeah, you're right. You got me. You got me there. And he's calling me to love him back. Loving God without limits is a learned process. I've got to get to know who God is. And I've got to ask God to help me know who I am. And you've seen some of the ugly side of me this week. And that's why I'm talking through things that God still has to root out of me. Because there are moments where I feel justified being the one that I do it. And I'm standing right there and I just start laying there and I make my favor known. And I don't have a chance to influence the world with speech or attitude. And I think God's sitting there going, it sounds like Lee Pace. (laughs) If I'm ever going to love God the way that I've been designed to love him, and if I'm ever going to love others without limits, what the psalmist said is, you've got to learn how. You've got to dwell with God. This is something God pours in. Remember, we never love a God that we don't know. I'll never love a God more than I do right now if I don't get to know him better. To know him is to love him. And I, I want to close with this thought. As you dwell with God, as you go in and out of each of these experiences, and you've got people in your life right now that you're thinking of, that you're like, I, I really can't love that person. You don't know what they've said or done in their life. Or they've taught me things that I don't like. Or they've made my life miserable. Or they've said things about me that aren't true. Or they've stabbed me in the back. Or they've robbed me. Or they've hurt me. Whatever the case may be. What you'll find when you pursue God, as we live through each one of those moments with God, God, give me patience, give me wisdom, give me a heart of love, help me to have compassion, help me to represent you, fill me up the same way that you filled me up. What you'll find as you pursue God is that God loves you in ways that are simply unlovable. He loves you in ways that you just can't wrap your head around. Why would God love me this way? I don't know. There's that song, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. Why should I gain from His reward? I can't give an answer. It doesn't make sense to me why God loves me the way that He does, but this I know with all my heart, His wounds have paid my ransom. Because He loves me deeply, wider, in ways that are wrong, in ways that are true. That's the God who has designed you, and that's the God who has loved you. And as you learn to live and learn to dwell with God, you're going to start seeing God filling you with this passion. How it may begin is this way. We need to get the old you out so we can get the new you in there. And that's where I fall. Right? When I want ice water, I don't want water that's been sitting up there on the counter for two hours trying to bring something to me. we got to get rid of that. We need to fill it up. 
pues qué harán los niños. And that's what God says. Boy, you're kind of like a one-way gate sometimes, right? Your nature's drive this way, but here you just you keep butting up against it. You're going to get thorny. That's going to be our nature. You're a two-way gate. You need to swing wide and free both ways. Love me with all your heart and love others as you love yourself. I mean, Jesus made it clear. You want to lay your head down at night and go, hmm, how did I do today? That's the two questions you need to answer yourself. Did I love God? Did I love others? doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of you. doesn't matter what anybody else said of you. If you can say, yeah, I've tried to do both those things today, you have met the standard for what God's asking of you. It's a long process. May God help us to learn how to love without limits and love others in the same way. You know, we do this because of what we're saying this morning. We sing scripture all the time, 1 John 4, 19. Oh, how I love Jesus. Right? How's the end of that chorus go? It's far too short to love him like that. Like I said, when you get to know the way God loves you, the response is, man, I'm going to love other people like that. That's what God's calling us to do. So I'd like to just pray with you here before we're dismissed. If you wouldn't mind just to bow your heads, we're going to take this opportunity to pray. And if there's any way you're struggling, you're finding it hard, God, you're swinging just like a one-way gate, one direction. Maybe it's today, God, help me to understand how you built me. I have a hard desire to help me today either to love you or to love others. Maybe it's both because I'm struggling in that area. So if that's you in any way, I'd love to pray with you. If you just look at me and look back at me, that's all you have to say. Just tell me. I'm not going to call you names. I'm not going to point you out. I'm just going to say, God, help me either to love you better, more, or help me to love others. Fill me up and fill me up. And I'll be that representative you want to be. Anything else, Jeff? this morning, and we love the good stuff. We do, and we're supposed to. Your nature is so good, and your presence brings your comfort, your peace, your joy, your just provision and protection and purpose in our lives. So many good things that you have received, your love. Lord, there's so many areas where we really enjoy excelling and sometimes that's in loving others but sometimes we go oh that's far short of love Lord we don't want to be like the guy that had all of his debt forgiven only to hold the debts of others who owed him over their head Lord we want to be an expression of how high and wide and long and deep love runs out. So Lord, root us in it. Establish us deeply. May we understand the power of your love. May you fill us to the full measure of your love. And then God, with lifted eyes today, we're asking for that to fill us. Lord, help us to love you better 
root out of us where there's there's excuses, there's reasons that we try to justify why we're not going to do what you've commanded us to do. Humble us in that place. And, and may we just stand wide open to be an expression Thank you for the ways that you are patient with us and you open our eyes. I pray for every person here, Lord, as we've got things before us this week. Help us to love you and to love others without reproach. May we strive after these things, Lord, and not just be settled in the fact that we've been saved or forgiven or that we know as much as we're going to know on the day of Christ's return to glory. Help us just to be after you with everything we've got, God, by our side. Until you call us home, we pray that you be large and help us to grow. So we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gift of your son and the presence of your spirit. And we ask these things in Jesus' name.